episode number 10 of Knockout Ginger. My guest this week is Chris Pruden. He plays the piano, he plays the keyboards, he plays the synths. We drove around in my car, we got milkshakes, I had a great time, it was a great idea. Email me at knockoutginger at gmail.com, F all the haters. Driving to get milkshakes. Dude, where's your list of questions? Um, I, uh, this is kind of appropriate because I was just on the, the road for the last month. And this was kind of my home, essentially. <laughs> but this weird thing happens to me in the car where, um, I just fall, I just want to fall asleep instantly like after 10 minutes uh yeah i'm just really good at sleeping in cars now i don't know if you find that uh no i'm the worst at sleeping in cars oh really yeah oh i'm really bad at sleeping in general and then cars are i'm just too busy trying not to throw up oh god when someone else is driving what about planes planes are fine i don't really sleep well on them but i don't get sick yeah i sleep really well in cars and planes um I actually have to like I, I had to like start eating spits just to stay awake so I can like read more than two pages of a book or listen to like a record yeah um yeah spits really helped or something like that what's your go-to flavor I was rocking seasoned um yeah I don't know I haven't really I'm not too experimental with the spits Rachel is really into dill pickle or dill flavored, which I can't really get behind. I just don't really support that. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, as a as a concept altogether, or just for yeah, a, yeah, for anything, yeah. No uh, dill, even, d- dill, even like on salmon. I'm not like a huge fan. It's kind of weird. Um, uh, where were you guys touring? We were out west. It was kind of a weird tour where I flew out to Vancouver and then I played with Rachel's band Zinnia and then we basically played all the way to Edmonton and then I stayed there for a week with my family and then Tara's band came and then we basically drove back out to Vancouver and then toured all the way back to Edmonton and then Zinnia met us in Edmonton and we played a few shows and then I toured all the way back to Toronto with Zinnia. So we did like the West, like yeah. BC and Alberta twice with two different bands, which was really fun actually. That's crazy that that worked. Did they work together in planning that or did it, is that just how it went? Uh, it just, like they they had most of the stuff booked and then they realized that uh, midway they, that we could put each other on the bill because we were going to both be in the same place at the same time. And the drummer and myself were the same in both bands, so it was really handy. Um Mackenzie Longpre. Yeah. That guy. Um, a young man can play the drums. Oh, yeah. He's great. He's a, such a good hang uh, on tour. He's kind of, he's kind of everyone's savior. <laughs> he can do anything. <laughs> he's like real, he's like loves novelty games. I guess we all do. 
but Mac is like really. Um, what does that mean? What's a novelty game? Oh, like like any like uh, cribbage, ping pong, spike ball. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have this version of cheat called Spanish cheat. That I think Dan Fortan invented uh, when he's at U of T, which is like cheat, but you don't. Have you ever played cheat? No. The card game. Well, for for those of you that don't know, it's instead of change like you you can you play cards on a someone someone says okay I'm putting down two threes and then the next person has to put down any number of threes and usually in cheat you just go to the next number but in Spanish cheat you stay on three forever until someone gets caught cheating um, so the idea is just to cheat all the time like you're and it's like more when you're telling the truth this is the trick <laughs> But anyways, Mac's really good at that, at all that shit, and just a really good hang, always down to do stuff, and really down to drive all the time. I don't know him at all. Well, I think maybe our only interaction was, like, a couple messages on Instagram, but I've seen him play a bunch. Oh, cool. I'm super down with his ride symbol. Really? He has a very un-Canadian driving pride symbol. Oh, weird. Okay, cool. Um, what, what, how do you define that un-Canadian? Just like really, I mean, that's a, it's a very general <laughs> statement, but, uh, there's like a, there's a very easygoingness to the ride symbols of people. I don't want to speak for the whole country, <laughs> but like, there's a very like West Coast thing that goes on with drummers here. I think, anyway, it's like a more laid back, very fine, very nice feeling. Yeah. Ride symbol. I think I yeah I feel like I I understand what you're saying. And then like. That's Toronto specifically. I don't really know much about other scenes. But then if you like if you go somewhere else um and when I say somewhere else I mean specifically New York. It's like <laughs> a very it's angry. It's like a more angry pushing really committed sort of thing. Yeah. 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 Interesting. And Interesting. like nothing. I'm not to each their own everyone's always are a good way you know mm. it's just he stands out in this scene to me with a very like aggressive pushing sort of I wonder I'm curious where that comes from with Mac um, he has like a very huge repertoire of stadium rock drummer knowledge <laughs> 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 like it's pretty amazing um like like, what do you mean? By like that? Uh, he's super into Queen, um, Manu Kache, like Peter Gabriel. Um, I don't like any. Like we were listening to a lot of Rush in the car. <laughs> nice. Um, I don't. I'm not sure if this is related specifically to that, but at least when I play with him, I feel like he's really. He has a really big sound, um, but he's also really, yeah, like you said, committed. Um, 
let's say his, his ride isn't malleable, but sometimes I'm not sure if that's um, I don't know. To, I don't know how to say it. Um, yeah, he's definitely like, taking care of everybody the way he drums too. Yeah, it's really. Yeah, it seems like he's really servicing the music. Um, this is also a thing that I've mostly noticed hearing him play standards, or like, in a more traditional jazz way. Oh, I don't know if this stands out to me as much when he's like playing in Tara's band. Right. Um, that's funny. You must have seen him a lot. I don't. I haven't seen him play standards in a while. Uh, I don't remember when it was. I feel like it was with Allison Al. Hmm. I don't know. Okay, crazy. But my first when I I remember hearing him play, and I just my first guess was that he wasn't from here. He actually was uh, born in New York State, um, but he did grow up here. That's interesting. Is this like a thing you notice mostly with like drummers ride cymbals from here, or is this maybe like a general Canadian uh, sentiment? sometimes with playing jazz music I think it's all across the board a little bit hmm. but I notice it the most with ride cymbals okay interesting and I don't want like there's so many great drummers here you know like I'm not uh, I'm not trying to shit talk the <laughs> Toronto scene trying to trick you into shit talking there's as many people <laughs> as possible <laughs> there's there's great drummers here that just all happen to not all what the fuck am I saying <laughs> as soon as I left here and started playing with people in New York I learned that it was sometimes cool to speed up if you want to speed up you know like there's more of a Like, it's okay to rush, it's okay to push. And I feel like here, based on who I was taught by anyway, like, the importance of... Um, just, sorry, I can't speak and change lanes and <laughs> figure out why this person has their hazard lights on at the same time. We're in the car, by the way. This was a good idea. It's going great. I want to see more uh, rage from you, you know. This thing you've been taught in school. <laughs> <laughs> but, jeez. I almost hit a man. Um, which way are we going on St. Clair? Oh, left. A little left. Um, so the teachers that I was around in the southern Ontario area, anyway, um, it was, there was very, there was a lot of focus on, like, doing it properly. And properly means, like, playing the right notes and not and staying at a steady metronome right. marking and all things that are totally relevant yes we're turning left at a busy intersection and uh, I want you to continue this, <laughs> <laughs> this line of thought Oop. oh man this is intense well I'm in <laughs> I have made a <laughs> gigantic error as I said earlier I don't have a license <laughs> now we're good 
so as you were saying you were taught to play the right thing yeah just like a very be nice play politely kind of thing Mm. which I guess lines up with a lot of just Canadian culture in general yeah um I get the feeling and I'm not sure um because it's obviously a huge scene but um like a lot of like a lot of Canadian musicians I guess I would mostly mostly I'm just gonna say this because I feel this way myself is I'm not really specifically committed to one type of playing um or like I don't I, I feel like I have a pretty wide identity um and that I, I often have to do a lot of different things mm-hmm. um I'm playing a lot of different gigs and I'll say yes to a lot of different gigs mm-hmm. kind of no matter what it is and I'll kind of just say yes and be nice about everything maybe it's the Canadian part of me I just want to make everyone happy and do all these things yeah and I guess New York there is like a larger scene and for you to be more of a niche player and be really committed to that can be like a career choice there yeah. more yeah um and when I was living in Berlin as well I, I would meet some jazz players who were like uh, real jazz players and then and then they didn't want to do other things they were very clear about I won't play this music it's not jazz um, even though like you know it's money mm-hmm. it'd be like a, any other gig and I'd, I'd see a lot of people really deciding and this was in school too really deciding who they were artistically right away and committing to that when I was in school I was I had no idea what I was doing I would just say yes to everything and fill in all the blanks. And maybe it made me less uh, committed or less knowledgeable about certain styles. Um, but I kind of like, in some ways, this is an identity of, of some kind for me that I kind of prefer. Yeah. Um, I I feel mo- I generally feel the same way. I just want to play all the time, whatever it is, whatever. You know, I'm down. Yeah. Um, but I definitely felt like when I was in New York, I had to pick something. Pick a side? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. And you can really, like, get screwed over if you pick the wrong, like, pick a side, and then, like, you, a whole community will, like, kind of not call you. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden. It's like, oh, yeah, I saw you at that free jam the other day, so, uh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> You're not coming to my birthday party anymore. Yeah. yeah. I moved to, when I moved to New York. I think I've actually told the story on this podcast before, but I um, like right away. Uh, this singer asked me to that I had a class with asked me to play uh, like a, a string of brunch gigs with her. And I was just like, uh, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> <laughs> um, I just said no. Like the first gigs that I were was offered. It's right here on the left. Ooh. We're going to Dairy Freeze, by the way, for people that uh, don't know. Oh my God, they've updated. They have like a new. Uh, oh man, they've renovated and shit. Yeah, I, now that I'm seeing it, I know this place from Lowell's Instagram stories. Lowell like, Witty. Doc- yeah, he like documented the whole. <laughs> um. When you move to New York, you're going to play a series of brunch gigs. 
Oh yeah, thank you for bringing uh, it back. Thank you for interviewing me. Call back. <laughs> um, <laughs> I said no right away to some gigs because I was like, that's not what I'm here for. Just like, it's not what I want to put my energy into. Right. At the moment, that's not why I moved down here. And now that I'm back here, and I even like towards the end of my um, my New York fling. I, I um, decided that I just really want to play everything. That's sweet. But. Yeah, I feel like that's a big thing in New York. I mean, it's so, there's so much shit going on and you're spread so thin and no one has money. And it's like, oh, come to my gig. It's like, ah, you know, I'd, I could also go see the Bad Plus tonight or something. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Or anything else. Um yeah, I can understand that being like being feeling really split apart and a bit drained. Oh, was there parking? No. Well, all right up here. Guess we're not going to Dairy Freeze. <sighs> then I'm not doing any more talking. <laughs> can we park on that side? I don't know. I couldn't see the sign. Seems like people are there. Just gonna loop around in here. Um, I also think my air conditioning stopped working. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's back now. I think it's just turned down. We should almost have a GoPro documenting this drive as well. All right. How do we do this? Um, We're gonna take a break for milkshakes. <laughs> got a, a beautiful milkshake from Dairy Freeze. I'm going to burp into this microphone a whole lot. I'm lactose intolerant. I'm going to shit into this microphone. <laughs> how, long were you go- how long were you gone? I was gone for like a month and almost a week. So it was a fair bit of time. And it was, right. all, it was all really great. Um, yeah, it's just hard being away that long. Oh, I right, because you left it before Tara. Yeah, I did. Right, okay. Oh, yeah, because I called you guys in that podcast, I think. Or I called Tara while you were From the road, it. right, yeah, yeah. yeah. From oh, yeah. one of our gigs. So technically, first return guest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I called in first, yeah. <laughs> um, did you have any, um, like, disaster things happen this tour? No, not really. I mean, it was it was all really nice. I mean, some funny things happened, but there's nothing disastrous. Like, I remember one tour I went on, like, our axle broke hmm. on the car outside of Edmonton. But it will... I don't know. I haven't had anything crazy. Oh, no. One time I had insane food poisoning. Mark Balk and I both got food poisoning. Uh, and we're pretty sure it's from these rancid meatballs we were eating at this folk festival in Brandon, Manitoba. Um, and yeah, we both, uh, it was like crazy. I remember we played a gig that night and I threw up <laughs> right before the gig. And then at the end of the gig, Mark went and threw up, like book ended up, book ended it with puking. And then like, uh, and it was like, there was kind of like a tornado nearby after the gigs and we were staying at this, uh, at someone's place. And I remember just like rolling around in bed 
like like uh, in like a fever and seeing like lightning flashing like <laughs> like I've never seen it flash so far. I was like, am I going insane or is there like the craziest storm I've ever seen outside? Um, yeah, it was it was one of the worst <laughs> worst things ever. Who was that with? Uh, that was with Rachel, and that was four years ago. Um, uh, this tour was yeah nothing bad happened. Like I didn't that. realize Mark played with her. Yeah, he, our regular drummer couldn't make it, and Mark was free that summer, and yeah, he came. Nice. It was, it was really awesome. He uh, was really into running at that time, and I remember that tour especially was like the healthiest I've ever been, because uh, he would run, he would run like an hour and a half every day almost, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't go with him the whole time, I would just, but he, because he was doing it every day, it kind of gave me an incentive to go do something. Yeah, an hour and a half is a long run. Yeah, he was running, like, a shitload. And it's funny, because he wasn't, like, training for anything. I think he was just, like, just enjoying the run, going to new places, and, I don't know, maybe he had a lot on his mind. He was just, like, thinking about stuff. Um, But it was fucked. And I got so fit. Nice. Good. Um, And it's kind of nice when you have people who... it's, It's, like, your actions sometimes depend on the group a little bit. Like he influenced me to want to like do more stuff like that but uh like this last leg of the tour i definitely felt pretty unhealthy and i didn't do a lot um i ate a lot of shit and drank a lot of beer Hmm. um so it can kind of depend on the group this one weird thing happened in uh actually yeah and not not anything really crazy happened but um we played a tara's band played in vancouver for the jazz festival um which one which jazz festival yeah the vancouver one just oh okay yeah oh it's called coastal the coastal jazz or something i think they renamed it oh so there's not two which that's what i think that's like their main one unless i'm wrong Um, i just knew there was coastal oh yeah but that is the vancouver jazz i think so okay yeah we played at Frankie's. Do you know Frankie's? I've heard it just from people playing yeah. there, but... It's, like, a nice restaurant. They have really good food, actually. Kind of blew me away. Um, but, yeah, they, like, we play pretty loud. I don't know if you've seen us. Um, yeah. It's, like... It's great. It's perfect. Yeah, I love it. It's... And it's not really the jazz festival vibe all the time. Ironically, like, I feel like this uh, iteration of the band is, like, the one that improvises the most. We're like improvising a lot and doing a lot of like improvising with with textures and more sonically um but it doesn't i'm not sure if it's like the right crowd in like a jazz festival thing but that show was actually really good and i felt like people really liked it but i remember the we played um we played like a, a song that was pretty intense and then and it was like our second last song and tara's and then this woman came up to the stage after that song and sort of I, I don't know if she was working at the jazz festival or she was just kind of associated with it she's like a jazz singer and she said I just wanted to ask uh, if you guys could turn down your crescendos um, for the rest of the set it's a bit because it's getting the crescendos are getting a bit loud and Tara's like do you want us to turn down she's like just the crescendos and she was saying this like in front of everybody it wasn't like an, a brief aside to Tara it was like kind of after this big moment where the song ends, she just, like, kind of ruins it <laughs> by, like, this big spiel about, like... Turn down your crescendos. Yeah, turn down like, your, like, crescendos are just really loud. That's my least favorite 
sentence. Yeah, it was really, it was so fucked. And uh, Tara was like, uh, and Tara actually had this amazing response where she kind of was like, yeah, I'm sorry if it's loud, you know, sometimes jazz, you know, sometimes we're really quiet and sometimes we're really loud, you know. <laughs> and, and then we only had one song left and we played like a fucking super loud crescendo. <laughs> and it was like, what are you going to do? And tell us like after the set's over, like to turn down. It's like, it's maybe at the beginning and do it politely or yeah. something. It was God, like damn. really, it was so vibey. Yeah, and maybe don't use the word crescendo. Yeah, it felt like a bit of a power play moment for her or something. It wasn't like this isn't the time to start dealing with noise complaints. That should have been done a while ago. Yeah, <laughs> or geez. the first we had a whole set before that, and she never mentioned anything. So people are fucked. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I I, I mostly found it funny. It didn't ruin <laughs> the experience. I thought it was one of our better shows actually. Uh, why do you say ironically? There's this is the most improv. Um, Tars band. Well, because it's like, by definition, I feel like this is the least jazzy. But to me, it's the most jazzy because there's the most improvising. I think. I mean, jazzy. It doesn't fit in like a, in the typical jazz festival, vocal jazz repertoire. Right. Um, and it, I would have a hard time convincing someone that it's part of that tradition. Um, but to me, it's more than ever part of that tradition because it's more connected to improvising in a pure way that I that I really like mm-hmm. and, and that I find is really genuine um, we're not necessarily taking solos there's no like solos there's not like those formalities aren't really there um, but the, this kind of genuine approach to improvising is there more than ever so yeah I guess that's what I mean by ironically it's on paper it doesn't seem that way yeah um, I hear you it's yeah. like uh I guess it's part of the problem with jazz in general. Like just the word? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The word and like so many people just, they hear the J word and they assume that we all sound like Diana Krall or something. Yeah. Because they went to a jazz festival one time and that's what they heard or they heard her on the radio one time or yeah. something. But that's the kind of thing that's, well, maybe it's nice about that band now is it's it's very easy for me to be like, oh it's jazz because they're improvising and if someone's like oh I hate jazz I'm like oh well it's actually not jazz at all (laughs) (laughs) oh okay cool (laughs) so I can just use it however it needs to be used it's just music for me Yeah. but if whatever people want to hear like the music will speak for itself I think Uh, and however whatever words I can use to get people to the gig is, is helpful yeah I don't know I use the J word I think most people are confused that I use it on both sides of the fence. It's hard, yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, I want to be an improvising jazz musician. But yeah, when I do play with some, like, in the folk scene or pop scene, kind of being labeled as a jazz musician is definitely sometimes a bad word. Um... It's kind of a weird thing to shake. Yeah. 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 It's hard to... Who knows? And also, who cares? But I think I care more when it comes to jazz festivals. Mm -hmm. Just, like, seeing what kind of shit (laughs) is booked on these jazz festivals. Yeah. In some ways, like... um, Like, I like... I used to not like being associated with 
that because there, there's definitely some bands where I just felt like people felt like they needed to give me a solo or something all the mm-hmm. time. It's like, oh, he's going to be bored if he's not soloing and doing his thing. Um, but I think people that actually know me, like uh, maybe Rachel's a good example where I think maybe her associations with maybe the jazz musician is not always super positive. But as I, we got to know each other more, um, there's like a lot more trust, like between us into how we're going to shape the music and all i really want to do that's jazz related is always be dynamic to the music and always changing i'm like happy to play parts but i'm going to often try and change them in a way that that is hopefully servicing the music and always searching for that thing and i think that is ultimately what rachel wants and she's super awesome to work with and super supportive of me so i want to be hired as personality Uh, that kind of personality Mm. I don't want to be hired to replace someone that did this on the record or whatever Right. Um, obviously I'll follow a structure but I do want to express myself in that structure no matter what music it is and that can be a hard thing to get someone to be okay with right off the bat even jazz musicians Um, maybe especially (laughs) (laughs) no kidding was there a learning curve with her band trying to figure out where you how this fit in how you With fit Rachel's in band. yeah to not not necessarily improvising but uh uh however you just described playing with her like yeah slightly changing yourself to fit the dy- dynamic of the group I or think, did you just feel it right away well i think i for me there's a learning curve um, and also like i i've been playing her band a long time and I I think and I started playing her band like right out of jazz school so my expectations of what I was going to bring to the music were a lot different at the time like obviously I, I think I was less servicing the music and just trying to wait, find ways to service myself and that often led to playing that was pretty um, once again self-serving and, and really uh, what's the word um I don't know, just not cool. <laughs> it was like, I, I just wanted to put on like a show where I um, was soloing a lot or like overplaying or just trying to make it in- interesting for myself. And I think there was like, there was, a, there was a point, I think I've told people this story before where I started listening to like Rachel's lyrics a lot more. Um, like I remember this one song that we released recently called Bullets. Uh, I've been playing for like many years, like maybe five years, four or five years this one song and I remember like playing it I must have played it like 20 times on tour before I finally like started listening to the lyrics and it's like there's three chords the entire song and I mostly do the same shit and I like when I first heard the lyrics I like almost cried I think I did cry I was just like holy shit this song is insanely heavy (laughs) and I was I felt like oh my god I've been playing this like an asshole <laughs> it's like super real and and I we, we played this that song this whole tour and it's still like my favorite song I love playing it I love like uh, being a part of it no matter what way I can be and yeah maybe that's how it's transformed is I, I like uh, however I can get that message across that's bigger than me um I'm really happy to do that with this music now. And maybe I was uh, not as 
concerned with that before. Hmm. It's funny. I I play in I play in one band with a vocalist. Well, I, I do it often, whatever. But one steady gig with a vocalist, and I don't think I know any of her lyrics. Well, is she gonna be okay hearing that? <laughs> <laughs> It's hard. I mean, there's still some songs of Rachel's where I don't know the lyrics, <laughs> or like yeah. I, or like maybe there's some portions of where I don't know what word it, she's saying. I've just never known. I'm like, ah, I should, I should figure that out. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's tough. Do you yeah. find when you listen to music, it's hard for you to to hear lyrics right away? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I guess that's most. Definitely. Most of us. Um. Now the other thing is we this band with the vocalist it's her band and it's a I think there's 22 of us so it's hearing everything is somewhat problematic there's how many? 22 oh my god so it's a big band plus a string section is that in Toronto? it's in New York oh it's in New York yeah we're trying to bring it to Toronto though but oh man no one seems to answer emails here or something (laughs) but i mean we're gonna like basically we just bring her and hire people here right because she doesn't really have a a steady she has a steady rhythm section for the most part yeah but um that's rad yeah i guess that's a lot that's a lot of stuff um but yeah the windows are fogging up uh, we're for those of you keeping score. We're still in the car. <laughs> Open this window. Uh, I don't know if that's helping. What's the uh, What's the band? Uh, the New York Chill Harmonic. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, she hates the name. I think it's one of the greatest band names of all time. <laughs> <laughs> what's the music? Uh. Who knows? It's like, uh, so if, if you were to hear us without the big band horns and the string section, it would be like synth pop, maybe? Oh, okay. Some sort, like, there's two synth players. Whoa. Um, and then add a string section and a big band set of horns. Hmm. So I don't know how, I don't know what, I don't know. That's intense. Progressive uh, big band or something? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think she says progressive big band if she has to describe it. Do you guys have a, an album? Uh, she does. I'm not, I was, it was made before I was in the band. Do you play electric on this? Yeah. Sweet. Yes. It's, uh, I play electric bass with basically distortion and a pick and an octave pedal on the whole time that's sick. It's exactly the gig that i was born to play <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um you tar is still technically on tour right there's a there's some dates oh yeah out. we're playing next week in ottawa and uh we're playing um oh we're doing a show at the baby g with alm house and Ilian pipes which is another band i'm in uh it's like a s- synth uh, synth pop chill yeah it's really awesome it was with Jill Harris do you know her? Uh, I definitely know the name but I don't know she's in Dwayne Gretzky 
and the au pairs. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know her from the au pairs. Yeah, yeah. She's rad. Um, that band's really cool. And Ohm House is awesome. Yeah, it'll be a fun night. Cool. Uh, what's the date of that? I think it's the twenty <laughs> fifth. Uh, am I getting in trouble if I don't know? <laughs> yeah, it's July. Yeah, July twenty fifth. July twenty fifth at the Baby G. Yeah. I have a question for you. You you seem to go to a lot of shows in Toronto. Yes. Is that? Do you find since you've moved back, you've just had had time and want to check out more things or did you do that a lot when you lived in new york i've always done it Hmm. um i just kind of feel like generally it's the only thing that i care about music so like why am i not going to stuff that's true but i know people that care about music really intensely and and won't go to shows or something yeah i doubt to each their own and like some people uh, in the jazz musician circle too, like go to shows to like network, but I don't f- feel like that's your vibe. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, I'll go to a show, and like, I want to see everyone, but like, literally say, "Hey, what's up?" and then, bye. You know, like, yeah, I'm totally. fine standing in the corner by myself. You know? Yeah, totally. Uh, like, it actually seems like you're you're there for the music. Um, I don't know why this seems like an anomaly, but, you know, when people are busy uh, and, you know, like we're talking about New York, you know, you're so busy. Everyone wants you to go to their show. You're like Mm -hmm. split apart all the time and, you know, shit costs money. Um, It's hard to like find not so much time, but like the desire to do it in like a way that's where you're not trying to kill a bunch of birds with one stone. Yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah. Maybe I don't know as many people that like actually have so much time to go and just just see music. That's part of the thing. Like I'm in a pretty sweet spot right now, living with my parents and having essentially no uh, expenses. I have basically free time and no expenses. That's rad. So I can go to basically go to see whatever I want whenever I want. That's awesome. And I don't have a like there's nothing else in my life another thing that's maybe different too is um or different that I find with you is you're going to a ton of shows and you're like obviously good shows um but I feel like maybe like some people that come back from New York are like jaded or like you know it's like they'll go to a couple things be like ah you know it's not as good as Smalls or 55 Bar you know you know it's like uh there's like sometimes like a bit of a rebellion in that but you seem like actively supportive in the community like right away when you're back which uh, is interesting to me yeah I mean like definitely apples to oranges like there's not a 55 bar scene here and there's not a small scene here like mm-hmm. th- those are like some of the greatest places on earth as far as I'm concerned <laughs> but like the Toronto scene is like pretty fucking awesome right now i think sweet like there uh i had this conversation with someone before and i sort of described it as if you go out in new york you might see like the greatest band on earth like i don't know like one in five times maybe Mm mm-hmm 
And then if you go out here, you'll see, well, at least the shows that I'm going to, I see, I see better bands more consistently here. Right. For sure. Because even if I'm going to see some of my favorite musicians, some of like, whatever you want to call them, the heaviest people on earth or whatever, like that, that scene they're still like sometimes reading a chart that they've never seen before and just like fucking up and no one cares and not know? happy and not happy and I, like I've i don't know yeah i've definitely seen one of my heroes on a gig at like cornelia street and i was like and i i was like man i i just have to see him like i don't care what what the fuck they're playing and uh and it was like a pretty weird not cool gig and, and i think i saw him outside i won't say who it was but i saw him outside like pretty like grumpy <laughs> and uh, yeah it was like kind of like a bummer <laughs> i mean he sounded amazing yeah. but it was like it was like I, I probably shouldn't have seen this At the last time i was in new york which was like three years ago so long i saw donnie mccaslin's group and then uh which was like the post um david bowie band yeah it was like jason linder mark juliana and I don't know who was playing bass. Oh, Tim Lefebvre, uh, which is a great band. And they were playing at the Jazz Standards, like a super nice venue. And it was like, oh, yeah, this is great. And it was like superstar jazz. Um, like, And it, it was cool. Um, and then we went to 55 Bar after and saw uh, Benny's band with Jacob Sachs and Dan Weiss and Ivan. And it was like, holy fuck, this is the show. It's like the greatest, <laughs> that's like maybe the greatest band on earth. Yeah, not not to shit talk the other guys, but it was like, those guys were really like playing, so, like the, the other one was like a fun, cool show. It was like cool jazz. And this one was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Benny would take a, like a solo, a crazy solo, and then the music would just fall apart like jake would play like one note and then it's like they're speaking a different language it was like this is amazing that it can still get like music can still give me that feeling of like i know nothing <laughs> yeah that's a crazy band and even i love jacob so much but the last little while of me being in new york uh matt mitchell was on those gigs oh really and that was next level whoa yeah those guys are unbelievable I, have you listened to Matt's new record? The Phalanx Ambassador? No. Um, it's too much for me. <laughs> I will... Someday, I'll get there. But, like, what was his last one called? Um, oh. Yeah, I'm forgetting the name. That was really great. Yeah. I believe everyone who said it's great. But, like, I turned <laughs> it on, and I, like... Within a couple minutes, I was like, I can't right now yeah just this is a lot this is a lot yeah i felt that way with like the one with it has dan weiss and chris speed on it um and chris tordini and it's like it's so much material it's so much information i'm like this is unbelievable i feel like i and i I love that record but there's definitely points like i just need to stop and come back to this and uh yeah it's such a like incredible document the last two records he did i really like just because the sounds of them sonically and like the, the way the ensemble sounds to me is like i don't actually have to li- think about it as much when i listen to it uh, i feel like i can really enjoy the experience without 
whether I'm paying attention or not. Um, and the other one is maybe a bit denser. I don't know. I could still enjoy it, but I feel like I'm thinking a bit more with the other one. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I love all his music. I love hearing him play. Um, Big fan. I like him very much in Snake Oil. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard all those records. I'm a big fan <laughs> every time I see him. And, like, it, one thing we were sort of talking about earlier is people, like, like I guess people having, like, a sound that's driving. And and for me, that's, like, just being committed to an idea. And sort of implying that maybe that happens a bit more in New York, um, where I recognize it a lot more in New York. Um, but I remember seeing him play with, like, uh, Anna Weber's band and John Hollenbeck. And... It was really amazing and there was definitely some points where i could tell they hadn't like the music wasn't wasn't fully together because there's like lots of mistakes but when they played mistakes they really played them they committed to the mistakes and i when i play music and make mistakes i like really good at like i'll put on the soft pedal <laughs> and then i'll like kind of like it's so easy to drop out yeah but like i remember matt mitchell like hit some missed shots with john and they would fucking nail them like just hit them really hard and i was like i can tell it's wrong but it sounds awesome and it was more like about keeping going you know yeah like the next thing and like pushing the music no matter where they were at with it yeah and i was like i found it super inspirational um just like i wish i did that more yeah <laughs> I, I gotta I, do that more yeah just committing and being like being okay with uncertainty um yeah i don't know what they were thinking but that's wrong that's and the, strong that's the impression i got yeah wrong and strong but like yeah i don't really hear that much or no one really tells me to do that much usually i just hide it i hide <laughs> do you wait when did you move here um about 10 years ago for school yeah, I moved here to go to me That's getting cut out. We're in a real circle, we are so circle of hell here. Um, Sorry, I interrupted you. That's okay. Evidently, I'm very good at interviewing people. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh, what was I talking about? Well, in Toronto, I would rather go to Popeye's if I'm going to choose between like fast food fried chicken. Um, but... Ooh. Hey, you you picked the wrong lane, lady. <laughs> we tricked her. Thought she could get around us? Nope. Not today. That's what happens. Who are your favorite um, key or key bo- whatever you what do you what do you call yourself? Um A- I don't know. Uh, piano player? Piano pianist, player? Piano. Pianist? Uh, I think I'm, I might have mentioned them. Uh, it's like Craig Taborn and yeah. Matt Mitchell, Jacob. Keith Jarrett's probably one of them. Nice. I find I never really get tired of him. Although on tour we were listening to the Colton concert. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if it holds up for me as much. That was like one of the first records I ever checked out for jazz. I basically learned to play the bass by playing along with that record. Really? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of vampy kind of. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like groovy. It's like that'd be super it's super fun to play along with. I remember when I first checked that out. I thought it was 
like a piece that he wrote like every note was like a notated piece like before I knew anything about improvised music and it was like holy fuck this is nuts um, but we listened to the other day and I was like man is he's just going for it <laughs> he's just two chord vamp for like ten minutes <laughs> Uh, but it's he's also amazing like because he seems to have this uh, deep well of just beautiful melodic ideas they're just endless um, like he can do really simple things and be really it feels so genuine um, but yeah I'm really into obviously like the American quartet the most lately uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of almost everything he does. Yeah. Oh, I guess this is a one-way. Oh, down there, yeah. Whoops. And then, I don't know. <laughs> I like the old old fuckers. I'm really into Monk lately. Nice. Um, which is kind of a late-game thing for me. I'm right here. Me too. Really? Yeah. Why is that? I have, uh, or I guess it depends what t- which way you mean it, but, like, I got into him late. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, I just, and I maybe wouldn't say that I'm totally even into it yet, mm. but I've been checking him out more recently. It's pretty tough music for me. Is it? Yeah, I don't know. I think that... We could pull into here. Actually, he's obviously a genius and a legend, and he invented so much shit. Um, but it's just hard for me to listen to. Weird. And I don't know why. Hmm. Okay. But I'm getting I'm getting closer for sure. Right. Um, I think a big thing for me is like melodies are huge for me and Mm -hmm. I don't often find myself uh, I don't often have monk melodies stuck in my head interesting I feel somewhat similar um, or that I find it a hard time hard to access that music Uh, and maybe it's like the melodic content but since I've been getting a bit deeper lately, um, his melodies are so different than anything else. Yeah. And they're kind of amazing for that. Um, and now I like super love it. It's not like always something I, it's not something I would ever think of singing, you know? Mm-hmm. But when you play them on the piano, it, it feels very, uh, I don't know. It feels so special. It's almost like, the piano is singing when you play those it's like they're perfect for the piano or something um the way a lot of those voicings and melodies ring can make like just something like a flat nine sound really out or so so, like special the way it's voiced yeah like uh really simple elements um i think i just had to learn more of his repertoire and actually like sit down with all that music and lift it to really feel a connection to it um yeah, which has always made me feel kind of bad because everyone really loves Monk, and I'm like, I like, I like the idea. Yeah, of I Monk. don't, I don't dislike <laughs> Monk. Yeah, um, but now I can honestly say I like super love it. Um, 
I, I find like some the definitely some of the bands that are best. Like the ones on that the one on that Monk's Dream album. It just sounds so crazy swinging to me. Who is it? Um I'm trying to remember. It's with Charlie Rouse. Um Larry Gales? I don't know. We can Google it. We could Google it later. <laughs> there's always. I'm not like a personnel guy. I always Google on the pod. But I know there's that the band on that record is. I just love how they sound, and it feels really interactive within that, within the feeling, like they really capture the feeling of that music. Yeah. And that's the interactive part for me. Um. I like the Train albums a lot. That feels really connected to me. Oh yeah. Uh, Monk at Carnegie Hall. Yeah, that one is so beautiful, and I love the playing. John Orr and Frankie Dunlop. Oh, crazy! Yeah, I like that record a lot. I like the It Club recordings. Oh yeah, it's like a double disc thing. Larry Gales and someone else. Yeah, totally. Well, this is being documented. I should be correct. <laughs> someone will arrest me later yeah I used to really like be stressed out about knowing all the correct personnel and all that shit uh Monk Charlie Rouse Larry Gales Ben Riley, live at the It Club oh yeah it's a it's a what do the kids say it uh it slaps it slaps is that the new thing <laughs> there are two there, one is like I, I haven't totally well these are like old now like by the time I get them long gone right but like I can't figure out the difference between something that fucks and something that slaps <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy kids are crazy